Yeah, the biggest mismatch on the entire field, I think, is Florida State's running backs against LSU's linebackers. But what's going to, if Florida State's going to win this game, what's going to win it is how the wide receivers perform against a, de- a defensive backfield that, like Zach mentioned, you've got five transfers in there that haven't played together yet in a college game, but they do have experience from their previous stops, but they haven't played with one another yet. So you don't know how they're going to gel out there in, in an actual college game. Um, whereas, you know, Florida State, they did get some game reps. We got to see Jordan Travis hit a couple deep balls to Kentron Poitier and Johnny Wilson. The, the health of Johnny Wilson is going to be paramount for this one. We'll see if he's able to get out there and give it a go on Sunday night. And I would say the same thing for Ontario Wilson. We didn't spot him um, against Duquesne. And you mentioned earlier in the show that he had a really standout performance for Florida State during the preseason alongside Malik McLean. So he's another guy that could be a weapon, played a lot of college football, led Florida State in receiving the last two years and has just been consistent um, during Florida State's preseason practices when he's been out there. So we'll see if he's able to suit up. Those receivers against LSU's defensive backs could very well decide the game. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub, in the house. You know, we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson. I'm here this year presented to you by NoahGameDay.com. We are here live on Wednesday evening. It is officially, officially game week. Not here in Tallahassee, but over there in New Orleans, Florida State will be taking on the LSU Tigers and Brian Kelly this Sunday night, primetime, ESPN, ABC. In the Superdome, it's going to be a fun one. Super excited tonight with us is going to be an actual expert on the scene, fellow Sports Illustrated writer, Zach Nagy from LSU Country. My man, excited to have you on to give us some good insight on LSU and Brian Kelly. How you doing? You excited? I'm excited. I think everybody's excited for a really good game. It's going to be, it's going to be something. I think it's going to be a show. I think it's going to be a fun one, too. We're going to jump into all of that. Before I get started, let me introduce the rest of the guys here on the show. We've got d down below, our editor-in-chief at NoelGameDay.com. And then up top corner right there, Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer at NoelGameDay.com. I get to see you, Austin. It's been a minute, but I know you're making that flight down from Charlotte. I'm excited to actually hang out with you a little bit more. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to hang out with you again. Last time uh, we had a, we had an adventure. Um, I don't know if I'm excited to see Dustin again, but um... oh, Just keep me away from the hot dogs. <laughs> you keep, yeah, keep Dustin away from the hot dogs. Keep Logan away from, from Titanic or alcohol. Really, um, it's, I've heard they make. Do they make some tough drinks down there in, in uh, yeah. New Orleans, Zach? 
yeah, they're tough. They're tough. I'm from New Orleans, so I kind of got a good taste of what it's like out there in the city. So it's, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I've got my work cut out for me. I've got my work cut out for me. We're going to try not to go too hard on Saturday night, but looking forward to the scene there. LSU fans, FSU fans, two schools that like to have a good time and no better place to do it there on Bourbon Street. So looking forward to me, D. Lou, and VZ will be heading down there on Friday afternoon. Looking forward to getting over there and getting things started. As always, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, I know a lot of y'all are going to start hopping on here. Hit that like button, comment, hang out with us. We'll be here for a good while. We'll be going through a little bit of an insight here from Zach as he's been all through fall, camp, spring, looking at Brian Kelly and Flor- and the, his Florida State matchup coming up this weekend. So we'll have all insight there too. I might even get a score prediction from him also. But if you have any questions, make sure you throw them in the chat. Uh, and he, he's the guy on the scene over there. So looking forward to uh, discussing Florida State versus LSU for the next uh, next hour or so. Uh, you know, I kind of want to start off things, Zach. What, what, what is the feeling around having with Brian Kelly first year coming from Notre Dame? You know, we've faced Brian Kelly for, for multiple times. You know, we, we know Brian Kelly very well. Norvell does too now almost getting a win away from him last year. What's just the overall feeling with Brian Kelly coming into LSU, Coach O being, I think, a, a player's favorite? What are yeah. your first initial thoughts from his arrival? Yeah, so it's 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 different. It, it's certainly different. It's it's more structured. It's it's more serious. You can tell that the players are way more locked into this. It's a lot more control. The word is control, and really the word that Brian Kelly has been using is alignment. He's trying to make sure that the players are aligned with the coaching staff, so everybody moves as one. And I really believe that as he continues to get more days, more weeks, more months under his belt, it's just going to continue to come more and more together. And we've seen that from spring to now. Things are certainly shifting, or should I say trending in the right direction. Came into spring with a couple concerns regarding depth, dipped into the transfer portal to fix those needs. And, you know, I, the, the vibes around Baton Rouge are certainly optimistic that this will be a good year. I think people are very hopeful that things are going to – that are, they're going to go our way and we're going to flip the script and it's, it's going to become – Back to the LSU standard of football is probably the best way that I could put it. The, the one thing that I take away from his first arrival, what do you think about the, uh, <laughs> the Southern accent he because pulled I knew, off I knew that would family thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> that got a lot of some interesting takes on social media. Um, I, too, was kind of confused about that. But, no, all that aside, all the antics aside, all the things that he's done off the field aside, the vibes in Baton Rouge are very positive when it comes to this team, for sure. That's, I'm so glad you mentioned that. <laughs> I had to. I had to. No, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of excitement. It's the same way for Florida State. We were talking in the production meeting. Uh, you know, both teams have a lot of question marks heading into this game, even though Florida State had a game. That's Duquesne. You know, we're, we're talking a very, very, very small opponent compared to the talent that Mike Norvell will be facing this upcoming weekend. So there's still a lot of questions to be answered you know, what do you think on your end, just initial thoughts going into this season are, are some of the biggest question marks. We, we now, you know, we're not going to get the starting name, uh, uh, starting quarterback's name from Brian Kelly. We kind of have a good guess on who that's going to be. And Florida State faced that quarterback with Jaden Daniels a couple of years years ago. And Mike Norvell was actually in attendance for that, um, making that transition and taking over the Florida State Seminoles program. But you know, well, it's kind of the biggest question marks going into the season for LSU because this is their season opener. And, you know, Florida State, 
has one game, but I still think this feels more of a season opener from both fan bases right now. Yeah, so the biggest concern when it comes to this team is definitely going to be the secondary. It was a position that we came into the spring very concerned about, lost everybody to either the transfer portal or the draft, obviously headlined by Derek Stingley. But they dipped into the transfer portal, and they really got some guys. They got Jarek Bernard Converse, got McNeese State transfer Colby Richardson, who's really just exploded onto the scene. It's looking like he's going to be a starter for this for this team. And you got seven banks from Ohio State. You have the talent, but will the talent gel well together once they're all on the field? So it, it'll be interesting. You went and got two Arkansas DBs as well, and Joe Fausha and Greg Brooks. You you have your fair share of talent, but from a question mark perspective, it's can they gel well together? And that, that's something that we haven't quite seen yet in spring camp. We see the talent, we see the depth, but can they put it all together? And another concern is going to be the running game. You have John Emery, who's out for the first two games of the season due to suspension with, with an academic issue. Can Noah Kane, the Penn State transfer, can Armani Brooks, the sophomore, can, can those guys kind of put it together and carry the load until Emery comes back is, is the real thing. And I, I think they can. I really think the running back question mark can get answered, but the cornerback position, the secondary, that's where we're going to, that's where we're going to see some, some light get shined on that situation. And you mentioned the running game. I was wondering if you could talk about the offensive line a little bit, because obviously there's some shifting pieces there. You've got a center who hasn't played center in college, Garrett Dillinger, transitioning from tackle. Yep. Got a true freshman now at, at left tackle. And then FIU transfer, uh, Miles Frazier, I believe, slotting in there at left side. So really a completely new center and left side of that offensive line. How do you think that they're going to be able to hold up against Florida State's defensive line? It's certainly going to be interesting. So going from left to right, from left tackle to the right side, you have Will Campbell, true freshman, five-star out of Monroe, Louisiana. So he, he's a beast. He came in and he, he really, really asserted himself as a starting caliber guy, 6'6", 325, put on around 30 pounds since, he got, since he's gotten here. He was an early enrollee. Miles Frazier, the transfer, is a beast. Garrett Dellinger is where concern is going to be. Mm-hmm. We've seen him struggle a little bit in camp. Just from a snap perspective, he's still learning the position. Like you said, he's a new center. He hasn't quite – you know, gotten a lot of time under his belt when it comes to that. So he's still a work in progress. But from what Kelly said and from what we've seen, he's starting to put it all together. Then you have Anthony Bradford and Cam Wire on that right side. So the left side could be a little bit of concern, but overall, you know, it's 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 a young offensive line. But I think they're gonna I think they're gonna get it together and certainly a question mark, but I'm not as concerned about it. I think I think they're gonna handle business in the trenches for sure. We were talking about it earlier and you were talking about Florida State's run game, and I was listening to a podcast earlier uh, before we hopped on here, and there was a lot of discussion. You know, the Florida State had three rushers go for over 100 yards, and I think it's worth mentioning that, once again, that was Duquesne. This is going to be a whole different kind of animal that Florida State in that running back room is going to be facing. Yes, there were impressive plays there. You had Trey Benson being able to get off those off those tackles and keep balance for a guy his size end up being one of the top-end speeds of the night, uh, Trayshawn Ward, Trayshawn Ward, I don't know, with a backspin, just kind of came out of nowhere, just just putting on a show for everybody. And then Lawrence Toafili just now getting into the cuts and hitting those holes correctly. That's something that Mike Norvell has been really happy with. Is that something of a concern to y'all on the LSU side of things, you think, for this staff, get, getting prepped for that? Because Florida State is going to want to try to be run heavy. Um, you know, Florida State has liked the progression that Jordan Travis has made on the passing scene and that side, but still when you've got that talent back there in the running back room, it creates a really good and fun matchup for an LSU front seven and a hopefully, you know, a nice powerful run uh, side of things on offense for the Seminoles. Yeah. So to answer that, it was kind of the topic of conversation yesterday when we were talking with defensive end, Ali Gay and Joe Jalari. 
they were talking certainly about their running the running game. And obviously it's Duquesne and it's it's a it's a weaker opponent, but still it still snaps under their belt. It's still an in-game situation. It's a little bit different. But the takeaway from this team is that this front four is is monstrous. Headlined by Mason Smith, BJ Gelari, Ali Gay, and Jacqueline Roy. That front four is something that's going to be very, very troublesome for teams going down the line. Um, Ojolari is due for a breakout year. People anticipate it to be his final season in Death Valley for this team. He's wearing number 18, the legendary jersey. He just got named a captain. So you, you have a front four who feels prepared for this rushing attack that's coming from Florida State. But you guys do have three guys who can come in, rotate, do their thing. So it, it's there's a level of concern there, but this front four understands the, the task at hand. Let you go, D'Lo, if you've got one on you. Yeah, I was going to say, I know LSU, they lost a couple guys on the defensive line, but obviously B.J. Ojolari and Jacqueline Roy inside are back. Can you just speak about the depth that LSU has on that defensive front? Because I know Mason Smith is there. Um, we talked about it. Makai Wingo, they got him in a transfer from uh, Missouri, I believe, who was an all-SEC freshman. So can, can you just talk about the talent that they have up there? Yeah, so kind of hitting on um... – Makai Wingo, like you said, that's a guy who's a starting caliber player who could go anywhere in the country and probably be a, a starter at any Power 5 program that he wants to. He burst onto the scene as a freshman at Missouri. Obviously, like you said, he was an all-freshman in the SEC. And he, he's somebody who could start, and he's going to get his significant snaps in. Whenever, whenever somebody needs a breather, obviously he's going to come in and, and do his part. But you also have true freshman Quincy Wiggins, who may not get a lot of playing time early this season, but if somebody goes down, if something happens, that, that's a true freshman who is a monster. In our opinion, he's somebody who could be like a Mason Smith type figure, come in as a sophomore, become an All-America candidate, really assert his dominance in the trenches. Depth is no concern with that front, with those, with that defensive line at all. You can probably go six deep at ease, seven if you really, really need to. But, yeah, that, that, that defensive line is going to be something to keep an eye on for the rest of the season going into SEC play as well. Let's talk some matchups here because I think there's some really nice ones. Two matchups that I think are pivotal for at least on FSU side that they've got to win. And I think it's the same way for LSU. If they if these battles are won and that comes away, leaving the Superdome with a dub and, and you know, Florida State, even though they had a season opener, uh, 2-0 sounds uh, a lot better than 1-1. One on, one, one. Uh, <laughs> I think this matchup that I'm really excited about, Zach, is going to be Will Campbell going against potentially probably Jared Verse. I think a true freshman. You've got Jared Verse who hasn't played on this type of competitive talent yet. I know he's played a few games, yes, above his level, but still this is a different kind of animal, but you're still facing a true freshman at that tackle position. Can you kind of tell us what Campbell has looked like this fall camp? Has he held his own? Because like you said, it's iron sharpens iron. You know, it's the same way here at Florida State. You've got a heavy, really strong, talented defensive line, and that's allowing Campbell to get better at that tackle position. But what does he really look like? Ups, downs, smooth, kind of how has this camp looked, and then this this week of practice? Yeah, so he was an early enrollee, and very quickly did he come on. He he he, he showed that he's a starting caliber guy in the spring. Um, and it was, you know, it's a, it's a fresh team. It's a lot of – a lot of new faces for the most part, but he came in and he looked like that one guy who would be a starter in the spring. As for the rest of the offensive line, it took time to gel. It took time for people to, like I said a million times, assert their dominance. And Will Campbell was the guy who came onto the scene quickly and really showed that he's a starting caliber guy. From just his mentality to his just his physical build, 6'6", 
325, put on a lot of weight once he got to campus, and he's been living in the weight room. He, he, he looks the part. He's strong. He's just tenacious. And I, I, I think he's going to hold his own this season. That is a matchup that, you know, us and RN and Baton Rouge are kind of, you know, pent circling in, seeing, okay, can he do it? It's his first game. It's going to be tough. It's in the dome. But as for Will Campbell, he, he's that guy. He, he's really put on some size, some strength, and he knows what he's doing. But it's going to be something to monitor for sure. I know Logan brought it up earlier, but Brian Kelly didn't publicly name a starter going into this week. He said that LSU does know who is going to start this game on Sunday night. So just in your opinion, getting a chance to watch fall camp, Jaden Daniels coming in there from Arizona State, Garrett Nussmeyer, I know he was there last year and got to play a little bit. What have you seen from those two guys, and who do you expect to be the starter on Sunday night? Yeah, so it really looks like this could be Jaden Daniels taking first-team snaps, but a lot of people are saying, okay, this could be – you could see two quarterbacks play. It's not far-fetched that both of them see the field this season. In fact, Kelly has spoken as though you, you will see both quarterbacks this season. Um, but, you know, com- coming out there, it's it's certainly going to be prob- – I'm not going to say certainly. It's probably going to be Jaden Daniels. The experience, he has three years under his belt. He's shown what he can do. And I, I'm going to go with Jaden Daniels here. Kelly's talked a lot about his composure and what he can do. So that's the guy. But this is no knock on Garrett Daniel, Garrett Nussmeyer by, by any means. Nussmeyer has proven how much he's, he's grown this offseason. He came in as a true freshman, was thrown into the fire a little bit, showed his young, his, his, how young he is, and threw some questionable balls. And he came into this offseason with something to prove. And his decision-making has improved. His release has improved. And his arm strength has improved. So he, he's growing, surely. And you'll probably see both quarterbacks this season. But I, I truly believe that Jaden Daniels will be our day one starter, barring something crazy happening. But I think this is going to be Jaden Daniels coming out there as QB1 on Sunday. What, what has been most impressive out of Jaden Daniels since his rival? He leaves Arizona State. There's talk about locker room stuff going on. And there's a lot of guys that left that Arizona State uh, program. What, what, what have you liked the most out of Jaden that has impressed you watching these practices? You guys, lucky, I've, I was hearing uh, hearing the reports, looking at the reports, yeah. reading up. You guys get to go to these scrimmages. I know you can't share everything from them and, and post videos, but you still get to go. We don't. Mike is still very nice to us. Coach Norvell allows us to go to a majority of these practices, got to go to, through all the fall camp, but not these scrimmages. What have you liked out of Jaden and, uh, you know, that has made him, you know, your idea – pick for to be the starter on Sunday night his composure and his way of speaking to the team they when he talks they listen and it it shows it shows when he's on the field and things that Jaden Daniels has just done this offseason is just improve in every way his footwork has grown tremendously and his ball placement there's a lot of question marks about him is he actually a dual threat or does he just run the ball and he kind of came into the offseason and just improved in every way and I'm going to give credit to quarterbacks coach Joe Sloan for that because he took him under his wing and certainly, certainly improved his game. His, his, his ball skills, his feet, his footwork, his hip movement, everything about him has just improved. And I think he's just taking control of this locker room. And when, like I said, when he talks, they listen. And there's just a lot of things that he's done to control this team. And those are just a couple of things that I've liked about Jane Daniels this offseason, for sure, especially coming into the back end of fall camp. As far as offensive balance, what are you expecting from the Tigers on Sunday night? Because I know you you mentioned a little bit of concern with that running game, with, with some new guys in there and, and the shuffling pieces on that offensive line. 
But, I mean, LSU, when you look at it, they really do have a talented wide receiving core. I know Kayshawn Boot gets a lot of the recognition, but five guys coming back that had over 350 yards last year. Um, I know you mentioned some before we got on here that are some potential breakout guys like Brian Thomas. So just what do you expect? Is LSU, do they want to put it in the air more? Are they going to put it on the ground more on Sunday night? How, how do you see it playing out? It's kind of hard not to want to use the wide receivers that you have. You, you have Kayshawn Booty, who's an All-American candidate. Malik Neighbors is going to burst onto the scene. Jerry Jenkins, the veteran. So it looks like you're going to try to get the get the ball into your playmaker's hands. And that's what Coach Kelly's talked about a lot this season. Um, so I think you're going to try to get the ball to those guys and see what they can do. And then obviously you're going to test your offensive line. Can you can you try to get it down their throat a little bit, push it down there with Noah Kane? He's shown his, his dynamic ability. He also has power back, you know, moves. So those are two. I think it's going to be a balanced attack, but I think you're going to try to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Absolutely. And that's going to be Kayshawn Booty, Malik Neighbors, Dre Jenkins. And then prior to getting on to the, uh, the show, we talked a little bit about Brian Thomas. Um, he's a guy who has breakout written all over him. So I certainly think that that can happen. I, I certainly think it's going to be a balanced attack, but you're going to get in your playmaker's hands. And that, that is the receivers. This is going to be the most serious question I'm going to give you tonight, Zach. Uh, supposedly, Boutte is now Booty. Is that, is that correct? Is that now the right pronunciation of his name? You know, we all called him Booty. We, we, we said it a bunch of different ways, and he got asked one day how to say it, and he said Booty. So <laughs> we, we run with it. That, that's all we've done is we, we've gone with it. So, yeah, it, it's, it's changed absolutely to Booty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I just hope that if FSU – be, it will be a lot worse uh, if Booty's all over the place and, and going all over Florida State's defense in the secondary there. I hope – Hope that's not the case because FSU Twitter would not be a fan of that. LSU Twitter, though, absolutely. I think the biggest matchup, talking about another matchup, we talked about Will Campbell and Jared Verse, which I think is going to be extremely fun to watch. Uh, the other one to me is going to be those wide receivers. Definitely Booty now going against Florida State secondary, Marion Cooper. Uh, your other corner on the other side of Renato Green wasn't available against Duquesne. I'm expecting him uh, to be a full participant, ready, available on Sunday night against the Tigers. To me, I think it's going to be, from what we've seen and through practices, I think it's going to be Green versus Booty. Might change, might be different, but I think that's going to be a really nice matchup to watch uh, on Sunday night. What do you, what do you, what is so special about these wide receivers, especially Booty? Because we, we hear about it, we've heard about LSU receivers since you know, the spring before that, since the season was over last year, you know, LSU continues to always bring in these big boy wide receivers that know how to make plays and, and just bring down explosive catches. What's so special about this going against a DB who, you know, is really starting to kind of make that turn now fully healthy and has also looked good during practices and had a solid game on Saturday night. Yeah. So I promise I'm seeing the comments. I promise I'm not delusional. When it comes to talking about LSU, I promise these wide receivers are as good as advertised. Um, for somebody like Kayshawn Booty, he's a mismatch nightmare. Um, and notice how I did say booty, not booty. Um, he's a mismatch nightmare. He can do anything with the ball in his hands. And he's going down the line again, which I believe is what you're asking, is just, you know, Malik Neighbors. I, I think that's somebody that a lot of people should be keeping their eye on this season. He's not going to be just – you know, receiving. He's going to be our return specialist doing punts and kickoffs. They announced that today, Brian Kelly told us. So just getting the ball in your playmaker's hands like that is something that we're going to try to capitalize off of. And then you can't sleep on the old head, Jure Jenkins, the fifth-year senior. He's a guy who is just Mr. Reliable. Ball's in the air. He'll get it. He's physical. And he was, you know, Max Johnson's favorite target last year. So 
if you're asking a little bit about the receivers, that, that's just a, a tidbit of what they can do. Florida State's got a couple good linebackers, and it looks like they've improved over the, the fall coverage-wise. Um, and last year, Notre Dame came into Tallahassee. They had Michael Mayer at tight end, and, I mean, he just came out, and especially on the opening drive, at least obliterated the Seminoles. Brian Kelly went to the tight ends a lot. And, uh, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, at least from what I've looked at so far. It seems like LSU doesn't have a ton of experience returning a tight end true freshman Mason Smith is going to play a large role of the position alongside Cole Taylor. So how do you think LSU is going to utilize those tight ends, especially as they start to grow early this season? Yeah. So Mason has received tremendous praise from Kelly saying that he's going to play the role like George's Brock Bowers did last season. He's going to say he's going to burst onto the scene like that. And to me, that's certainly like, like you just did. That's an eye opener. That's something like, okay, that's, that's tremendous praise for somebody who's only been on campus for a couple of months. For sure. Um, when it comes to the tight ends, we're going to be, in my opinion, probably using them as, you know, blockers for the most part. I'm not going to try to test their hands early. But as the season goes on, you're going to try to use Mason and Cole and see what they can do uh, in that aspect of things. But it, it's it's not going to be as much tight end play as it was last year because you had Jack Besh, who was kind of playing a hybrid. He was using more, he was using it more as a tight end receiver, kind of just all over the place. And you don't really have that this year. You don't have that versatility. Um, so I think it's going to be a little bit less when it comes to using your tight ends this season to answer that. I want to kind of reverse things on you now. What, what do you think Florida state has on LSU that, you know, either a factor in a matchup, uh, skill position wise, what, you know, threatens you the most and LSU fans having the back of their head heading into the Superdome on Sunday night, what are they going to be worried about that LSU is going to have to take care of in order to, secure this game or take a hold of it and be dominant against the Seminoles. Yeah. So it, it's, it's going to be somewhat of a casual take, but it's going to be Jordan Travis. What, what can he do to, you know, make this secondary blink because it's a lot of guys who haven't gelled together. Jordan Travis has proven that he has the legs to get outside of the pocket and just do whatever he can with the ball in his hands. He's a playmaker. And in my opinion, I think it's just going to be a true test for the secondary. Can they gel? It's something that we talked about before we came on the air and stuff. It's, can they gel as one? Can they get it going? And that that's somebody who's going to be doing a lot. It is certainly is Jordan Travis. It's a casual take, but you know, it, it is what it is. I think I think this is a fun game for both quarterbacks that have the concern and they get all the talk about on social media about not throwing, not accurate. Not great there. All they can do is run. But you've got this is exciting. If like if you're just a college football fan, and I, you know, we all love college football here. But just to watch two quarterbacks, guys that are underestimated at passing and being true starters, I think I think this is exactly what you would love to see: two dual threat guys going at it, trying to lead and put on a show and in prime time. I mean, you can't ask for anything better if you're looking at a quarterback showing. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. It's two similar. It's just two similar play styles, like you were saying. Two guys who can run the ball, pass pretty well. Jordan Travis has shown tremendous growth in his arm, and I believe Jane Daniels has done the exact same thing. So I think it's going to be a show when it comes to two signal callers who can really do it all on the field. It's going. It's going to be a. It's going to be a really good performance from both of them. They have the weapons. It's can they utilize their weapons to the best of their ability when it comes down to it in Super Bowl on Sunday. That's a good point. I think they both have the best weapons around them at this point in their college careers, and then they have so far mm -hmm. yeah absolutely they have exactly 
Uh, going to the injury tent over here, Florida State has had a very competitive fall camp, and it showed later on with a few injuries, and they're still dealing with them. We'll have a practice tomorrow morning that we'll be able to go. Some things we can and can't talk about, but uh, you know, something's public with uh, Mike Norvell talking about Florida State's linebacker, Amaro Gaynor, not, prob- not going to be available on Sunday night unless something changes in the next couple of days. But Florida State still did not see their true starting center with Maurice Smith. We're going to see if he's going to be available to go, and that's a big-time factor for keeping that rhythm there on the offensive line. Uh, and a few other guys that got dinged up Saturday night, That talking about Johnny Wilson, 6'7", wide receiver, uh, that had a fl- had some flashes in that game too. Um, and Darius Washington, Florida State center, at mm. starting center, also out early in the game. Both, I think, from my expectations, will be good to go in the Superdome on Sunday night. But uh, what's it been over there for you guys? Because from what I've read and listened to, y'all have had the good luck charm of not having to deal with too many injuries. If luck of the Irish. Any. The luck of the Irish. I guess Brian Kelly did bring the, <laughs> the luck of the Irish. Yeah, down. look. It's, right, there's still just, a couple that's, days. That hurt to say that. Still a couple of days. I cannot believe you said luck of the Irish. That hurt. That um, did. That hurt. The whole Brian Kelly. I, I don't think the fan. The fans aren't going to like it. The comments won't be good here in a few Oh, minutes, no. But. They've been calling me. They've been going at my neck. They, delusional. <laughs> oh, they're coming. I know. They're, and I love oh, yeah. it. I love the FSU fan base. They're super passionate, and I, I love what yeah. they have to say, so it's great. I love checking it out. But yeah. getting back to what you were saying from an injury perspective, we had a very lucky camp, and I don't want to say lucky, but, you know, it kind of goes down to the, the new nutritionist, the strength staff, just from top to bottom. Everybody's made sure that everybody's in check. And, you know, it's it's paid off. No injury concerns at this point. You have Malik Neighbors, who was nursing an ankle injury, with a sprain, I believe. So he missed Saturday's practice. Um, and then you had Jack Besh, who was, you know, battling some shin splints. But nothing major on this end. You, you're you're going to have a full, a full squad coming into Sunday barring anything happening um, up until kickoff. We're, we're pretty healthy. Is, is the – just to hear the fan base over there, is this is this LSU crowd excited for this game on Sunday night? I know, obviously, you've got a new coach, whole new coaching staff. Is the fan base over there in Baton Rouge, the students, you know, I know you just graduated, but you're still around in the scene being on campus. What's the kind of chatter over there? Are they over – thinking FSU because of the bad couple of seasons or are they thinking this is going to be a pretty competitive game and there's a chance that there could be a loss? No, you respect your opponent. And it's been the main message with this team up until this point. You have tremendous respect for what Florida State brings to the table. And like we've said, you know, just because it's Duquesne doesn't mean it was a, a JV scrimmage. They Florida State showed what they can do. And the, the vibes around here is respect your opponent, come prepared, and show what you can do when it's all, you know, when you're in the trenches type of thing. So it's excitement. It's a new era. It's, it's a new everything. The entire coaching staff was extremely – the new coaching staff is just fresh. You only returned really one guy, and that was offensive line coach Brad Davis. So it's a new era of football. And I certainly believe that the, the respect is there, the new culture is here, and the vibes around here is everybody's locked in and prepared for the season opener, get things rolling in 2022. Anything else from you, D. Lou or VZ, before I ask for a or any kind of game prep and, and score prediction? You got some up there, VZ? I do. I know you touched on it briefly about the secondary. You, you guys have, I think it's four or five transfers that are expected to, if not start, play significantly. How are those guys gelling in camp? Is there any kind of miscommunications, anything like that that you've seen? 
from a miscommunication perspective, I'm going to say there has been, you know, a little bit. They're still trying to get their, they're trying to get everything going together. Um, you have McNeese State transfer Colby Richardson, who has certainly bur- burst onto the scene very quickly. He came to LSU from McNeese at 167 pounds. He's finishing fall camp at 190 pounds. And putting on that much weight, he didn't even he didn't lose anything from a speed perspective. He's putting it all together. And it's looking like him and Jarek Bernard Converse, the Oklahoma State transfer, are going to be playing side-by-side each other in the cornerback position. And they've looked really sharp together. But there's always your concern when it comes to fresh faces, putting it all together when the lights are brightest in the Superdome. It's, it's certainly going to be something. And you also have a Florida State team, team who's shown that they can – do everything with the ball. They can throw, run, they can do some things. And somebody said, putting some respect on uh, JT, yeah, Jordan Travis is no slouch. He's somebody who can he can play the game, the game at the highest level. So from a secondary perspective, there hasn't been too much miscommunication, but it's certainly going to be something to monitor once we get towards, you know, kickoff on Sunday. Yeah, both teams, Florida State and LSU, having a pivotal factor and both staffs are bringing in transfers that end up playing a lot, if not being starters. I mean, if you look at Florida State, both offensively, defensively, I mean, we almost forget that Jordan Travis originally is a transfer. I mean, we, we, we kind of overthink that. It's long gone in the past. But, uh, you know, you look at Florida State's defensive line, Fabian Lovey got Jared Verse off to the side there, too. I mean, you, you Jared Jackson also. I mean, you're you're. This this will be fun to watch how these teams communicate. Well, I think experience wise, just from the transfer to Jamie Robinson and all that kind of stuff. I think they're they're ahead there. I'm gonna be on LSU side, new coaching staff, whatnot. But still, it's gonna be really exciting to watch how this game goes down and the play calling. You know, Mike Norvell now being the sole caller. You had Kenny Dillingham. Dillingham here and I yes Mike Norvell still calling plays last year I think though Kenny Dillingham had a lot of his hands into that bowl on things that were being called throughout games game preps game week all that kind of stuff Kenny Dillingham was very hands-on with that now it's Mike Norvell's offense and the pressure is fully on him and it's going to be that way on Sunday night which you know all of these storylines just lead up to an exciting one and do you think too and we can all give our um, opinion on it do you think Whoever comes out of this is going to be ranked. It's tough. I think there. I think there's a good chance. I think there is a good chance gonna, at a national stage. Yeah, I think. I think there is a good chance. I mean, it won't be anything in too far as you're not going into the teens, but you're looking at a 24, 25, maybe 23 max. But I mean, I think there's a chance there. And for Florida State, I'm trying to go back to what year 2018 2017 uh you know that was the last time they had been ranked right Um, it's been a minute for fsu fans (laughs) to have that number down there on the broadcast next to the name i haven't seen that in a very long time i know fsu fans going into a bye week next week and facing louisville it would be really a nice addition to have that on the scorecard down below but yeah no to to answer that i certainly agree with you i think that this is a true test for both teams I think whoever comes out on the winning side of this could certainly be ranked. And like you said, nothing more than 23 or 24, but I do think that, you know, when it comes down to it, some, somebody can be ranked after this game. Absolutely. I think we got to do score prediction. Now we got to do score prediction from you and give your thoughts on the game overall. What do you think is going to be the pivotal factor for either LSU winning FSU winning? Um, Definitely give it, give it to us. Yeah. So what it's going to come down to is, I've said it a million times, the LSU secondary. It, it's it's one of the flaws of this team, and that's going to be one that Florida State's certainly going to be looking to expose. Um, and, look, I'll go both sides. I promise, comment section, I'm not going to be a 
too delusional here. We know what Florida State can bring to the table. I, I'm just – it is what it is. We know what they can do. We know what they're capable of. And the offensive line and defensive line battle is something that I'm circling. I, I'm, I'm circling that because we've said, you know, LSU offensive line is young and experienced. Can they put it together against a Florida State defensive line who has a little bit of experience, has some power, has some muscle? So, um, yeah, I pick FSU. Um, oh, so, you know, oh, quote that, quote that, <laughs> clip it, clip it, clip it. We're going to send that to LSU Twitter. Never, never. I can't do that quite yet. We'll get to my game prediction in a minute. Um, it's going to come down to the secondary. It's going to come down to the trenches. Who wins the trenches battle? Whoever wins that is probably going to come out victorious. And we're all excited to see what the LSU defensive line can do. And we all want to see what the LSU offensive line can do. So battle of the trenches. Whoever can win that is going to come out on top, in my opinion. I think that's what it's ultimately going to come down to. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think the trenches will play a big-time pivotal factor for both offensive line you're going to have to learn quick. I mean, you're going to have to get that down in the first quarter or things could could be bad for you because both defensive lines, some of the best units in the country. I mean, you're talking top 10, uh, potentially even further than that, of how talented these defensive lines are and young talent uh, over there in LSU. But you've got some guys with experience, and then you've got just true veterans there on Florida yeah. State's defensive line, and you've got a newcomer coming off the side with Jared Verse. So the trenches will be – you know, we're going to be high up there in that press box, supposedly up in the clouds. So my binoculars are going to be right there on on that line and whoever's winning it. And that's going to be a big time factor. And Florida State's got to protect Jordan Travis. We learned and we kind of knew this coming out of camp that, you know, Florida State doesn't they don't have a well experienced backup. You can't let Jordan Travis go down on Sunday night or things get really, really, really tricky for FSU. Agreed. Completely agreed. I did have one thing for you guys. I've talked a lot about our weapons that we have. What, what's, what's you in your opinion, the difference maker when it comes to Florida State? What's something that you guys are looking forward to? And, you know, a mismatch maybe in the secondary, something you guys are looking for when it comes to, you know, you guys kind of coming out on top. Go ahead, D-Lo. Yeah, for me, it was kind of like you said. I think it's Florida State's offensive line against LSU's defensive line. If they can pave some holes and – even they're not going to get 406 rushing yards and six touchdowns against the Tigers. But if they can get half that, if they can get 180 yards or so on the ground against LSU, they're going to be right there with a position to win the football game on Sunday night. So I think it really all comes down to that. The running backs are talented, but there was too many times against Duquesne where we saw them getting hit in the backfield and then breaking tackles and, and getting positive gains. I think if LSU is hitting them in the backfield, they're probably going to tackle them the first or second, maybe the third time. Definitely not let them break four tackles like they were consistently um, against Duquesne. So that that's pivotal, in, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, a threat that I think LSU fans, uh, I know it's 99% here on the stream of FSU, but we've got a few Tigers in here. I think one of the threats on Florida State side is obviously that running game. But like D. Lou said, if we're seeing guys breaking through like Duquesne did a few times last Saturday, and I think those things can be fixed with film. Yes, they also had Darius Washington go out, so he kind of had to move some guys around. But still, that running game is a threat there just because of how Trey Benson looked and Treshawn Ward and Philly. They looked like in a midseason form. It didn't, it's not taking them a little while to warm up. And then if you look at the wide receiver unit, you're bringing back Ontario Wilson, who should be fully available, who uh, is kind of slept on, had one of the best camps in that wide receiver room of just being consistent with Jordan Travis. Uh, and then if Johnny Wilson's good to go and he's fully recovered after that. It seemed to be like a, a pretty tough ankle sprain last Saturday night. That's a six, seven 
wide receiver. And he changed the game a little bit for FSU. It's, it was Duquesne it is what it is, but he can really change a game though, when it comes to this kind of caliber of a game and Florida state's going to have to utilize him in a lot of ways, no matter if it's red zone, which, you know, you always think of a tall wide receiver. Yeah, you can use him there, but he's going to be used in a wide range across the field on, on Sunday night. And um, I'd, I'd probably say, you know, that those, that three headed, monster that we're calling it but it's just not going to be the case though nobody's getting over no one no one's going to build up 300 rushing yards if that does end up happening then uh you know fsu fans will have a good time on bourbon street i'll tell you very happy going after the game (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no i I definitely think they will i definitely think they will but um and and then there's also jamie robinson i mean he's the general uh, of that secondary for florida state could say the defense alone too Looked good on Saturday. He could be a weapon because I think, too, we haven't really talked about it, but turnover battles could be a big-time, big-time factor. Definitely Florida State's trying to have that run game. That clock's going to be burning down. Getting the ball uh, taken away and putting yourself on good field field advantage it will be key, too. So um, you got to keep an eye on Jamie Robinson. He's always, he's always usually in the right spot at the right time, so. He's an X factor. That's somebody that a lot of people here have been also speaking about too. South Carolina transfers beast. So somebody that we're also trying to keep an eye on when it comes to, you know, LSU plotting for sure. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it might be too. I mean, it might be Jared verse. It might be Jared verse uh, going against Campbell. I mean, that might be the big thing for FSU uh, getting to Jaden Daniels. Yes, he can run, which is going to be something that Florida State's linebacker is going to have to get ready for. Tatum Bethune, Kalen Deloach, Lundy, who also I'm overthinking. Or I, I just don't bring up from last Saturday, but also had a good game. Those linebackers did good. But if Jared Verse is able to bring pressure, then Jaden Daniels is going to be rolling out and either going to tuck and run or he's going to pass. But it seems like he's been connecting very pretty well in camp. I don't know if you know, you, you're there watching it, but it seems like through camp, a lot of intermediate throws, maybe not so many explosive plays deep deep balls from Jaden you know he had a couple of really good plays in the scrimmage in Tiger Stadium I believe it was it was either this previous Saturday or the one before that he was showing his he was showing his ball placement very very well he connected on a deep ball to Louisiana transfer Kyron Lacey he's shown his touch um but you know sitting in the pocket and making a throw is a lot easier than you know rolling out and trying to do something a home run play and we didn't really get to see much of that from him in camp so to, to answer that no we, we haven't quite seen what he can do when it comes to the long deep ball, but his intermediate throws have been something that has shown tremendous improvement as we've, you know, gone through camp from spring to fall has been a tremendous improvement on his part. So yeah, his intermediate plays looking great. Obviously the short plays great long ball, deep threat, something that we're still waiting to see. What's on here asking about special teams. I know that y'all have got, uh, it seemed like the punting situation looks pretty good, but still some question marks at the field goal kicking uh, situation. So it's looking like it's going to be Damon Ramos. Um, he's really, really shown out these last few days. That's looking like he's going to be our starter. Um, uh, special teams coordinator Brian Polian was really, really talking highly of him. In a two-minute drill, hurry up, he hit like a 54-yarder in front of Kelly, in front of all the coaching staff. And he was saying that that might have been what kind of, you know, turned the corner for him and gave him that spot. So from a special teams perspective, it's looking like it's going to be um, Ramos kicking it. Punter situation's handled. And then return return specialist, like we had said a little bit earlier, is going to be Malik Neighbors taking the punts, taking the kickoffs. Get the ball in your playmaker's hands. That's what Malik Neighbors is. And it's going to be special to see what he can do with it. But special teams is definitely something that's still a work in progress. You know, it's it's important to, you know, talk a little bit about we're not, but we're not 100% there with yet. 
and special teams is something that's still a work in progress. Absolutely. I don't want to keep you on here for too much longer. I know we had the 45 minute mark here, but uh, you know, score predictions are our score predictions and we, we, we do have to write them down. So then uh, if you're wrong and we've been <laughs> wrong a, a lot of times, uh-huh. we're not, we don't want to go back to Jacksonville stay. We won't discuss any of that whatsoever mm-hmm. as Dustin predicted that at 58 to what when or 59 50. to nothing yep that was predicted as a 59 to nothing win and completely reversed tough the times. other way yeah we've been through our tough times of wrong predictions there but uh go ahead and throw us your your score prediction for sunday night what you think the vibe is going to be like in that stadium the lsu crowd i think it's fun you got two fan bases that are as we see in the chat very fiery and love their school so I'm expecting a fun, fun night in the Superdome, really loud. Yeah, no, um, for the fans' perspective, I've certainly seen the, uh, the Florida State passion in the chat for sure. And I love it because LSU fans are the exact same way when it comes to your guys. You're always going to root for your guys. Um, score predictions. I'm going to, I'm looking at the over of this game. I'm looking at the spread. I'm seeing it. I think it might have gone to, what, minus two and a half now? Um, and then the over sitting there, is it pretty? Is it still pretty? sitting at 51 and, 51 and a half? Did it move? Um, so I'm thinking we're going to hit the over there. I'm going to say 31-24 LSU. Um, sorry, chat, a little delusional there. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly going to go with, you know, LSU is going to come out on top by a score. Um, and that, that's what it is. That's what it is. I, I think they're going to come out on top. And speaking of the atmosphere, it's, it's a sold-out game in the Dome. You can't really ask for anything better um, when it comes to a season opener for LSU. And, you know, we are going to say it's a season opener for Florida State. We're going to go down that, uh, we're go down that route, too. Um, yeah, no, I'm thinking LSU comes out on top and just an absolutely great game, great atmosphere, great fan bases just going at each other's neck. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. I think LSU does come out on top, though. But I'd love to see what you guys have to say about that as well, because I'm going to I'm going to be writing it down, too. Yeah, no, we got we have to sadly save ours for the very end just to kind of keep the viewers on here, because once we get the score prediction, they're gone. We're going to go down to 10 viewers. They're out of here. It's out of here. Surprisingly, people still listen to our score predictions, but um, I'm expecting a good game. And I think all of us like we start off the show, a lot of question marks from both teams and it's going to be I think it will be competitive. That's all we want. You know, I, I think Florida State fans. They do see Mike Norvell, and they believe in this coach. They like him. I think the media enjoys covering this team. I know I do. Behind him, the practices are great to watch, and definitely a hardworking staff. But it all comes down to wins at the end of the day, and this would be a big-time one, not only for just the column on there and potentially being ranked, but for both teams recruiting. Holy smokes. I mean, this is huge all the way around on that table and that side of things. So. There's so many good factors, so many good storylines. I'm, you know, I'm sweating. I'm, I'm ready to get over there and get it, get started over there and Bourbon Street. Hopefully, it holds on to me, and I, I'm not a, a 4 a.m. on a sidewalk and on a bush somewhere. But I, that's why I'll have Austin with me. Austin will take care of me. And no, I will. I'll be long asleep because I have a, I have to be up at 5 a.m. for my flight on Monday. <laughs> so you'll be at home by yourself that night. No, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll let that slide. All right, Dustin, you're taking care of me then. You'll probably be at the casino, though, sadly. So I'm going to lose some money. Yeah, I'll probably be myself. But, Zach, this was absolutely awesome. I know the chat, uh, you know, giving you a hard time. But I know a lot of comments in here, though, loving your inside. I know that we did. We needed this to kind of get Definitely. some really good scoop. This was this was awesome. And like I said, Zach, solo dolo, too, over there at LSU Country. Works his ass off. Puts out some great content. Uh, definitely go follow him. 
for this upcoming weekend if you want to see some more insights into LSU. But him come on here was was great. And uh, I hope the best for you guys. Hopefully stay healthy. But in the win column, you know, you know, you know what drives the clicks. Yeah, a good win would would be nice heading back Absolutely. home to the A five O. But uh thank you, Zach, for hopping on here and best of luck for throughout the rest of the season to you guys. Uh, and you know what? You you could beat up UF as much as you want. <laughs> and I appreciate you guys. It's been a good time. A lot of good things from you guys too. It's gonna be a really good game. I'm excited for it, and I hope you guys enjoy Bourbon Street. Looking forward to it, man. Appreciate you again. And I'll we'll see you up there in the box. Of course. We'll do. Y'all have a good one. See you, you brother. Too. Thanks, Zach. Well, that was awesome. I, that was our kind of first time. We're going to try to do this quite a bit throughout the rest of the season, bringing in some Sports Illustrated publishers who do a really fantastic job. And Zach telling us earlier, he does that solo dolo over there. He does a great job with that site. So um, brought some good insight to us uh, about LSU, baby. We're here. We're here. We, we got we got a five and a half hour drive in a couple of days together, Dustin. Yeah, it was really good. I thought Zach provided a, a lot of great insight and learned some things there. Just makes it hope I hope everyone else in the chat learned some things too, because it should be a good game on Sunday night. Really, the chat wasn't listening. The chat was flaming him the whole time. It, it's, they were it's, mad. Yeah. It's it's Florida State. It was the same way with Notre Dame. Although Zach was a little bit more Zach's nicer. more respectful. He yeah. was more respectful, yes. Zach was great and the, so Zach, I would actually like to have, you know, an actual conversation with outside this podcast. The well, Notre that's Dame what we're going to do on Sunday the, night. The Notre Dame one, as soon as it ended, I'm like, I hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my guy, Brian Driscoll over there in Irish <laughs> Breakdown. I, I don't know the next time Notre Dame faces FSU, so I don't know the next time. I'm it's fine. But, but Zach, yeah, great info. Appreciate him hop, hopping on here. We still got a good amount of things to talk about and ending off the show with the key matchups that we think – and then also, who needs to have a big game on Florida State's side to come away with a win and then score predictions. So we've we got a lot of that at the latter half of this show. Let's jump into some of the quick hitters of the week. Monday's press conference, um, you know, Magnarvel talking about his thoughts of the Duquesne game. Coach Atkins, too. You know, Coach Atkins seemed pretty decently pleased, but I feel like if he wasn't talking to the media and didn't have coaches speak, he would say wasn't too fond of the few slip-ups they had there on the line but overall you're still waiting on injuries here from Johnny Wilson like we talked about earlier Johnny Wilson Darius Washington uh, we're, we're going to see the availability of Maurice Smith will be at practice tomorrow morning hopefully we can get a good update there on him and then Amari Gaynor will not be available this upcoming weekend probably yeah I'm not expecting coach coach speak but we ain't gonna see him we won't we won't be seeing him. And now now you gotta hope, you know, your guy Brendan Gann, he, he's gotta step in this upcoming weekend. But uh we, we got to see practice yesterday. I thought the energy he, like Mike Norvell said, you don't have to make you don't have to make up some energy for this. You don't have to create excitement. It's already in your veins, it's already in your body. It's Florida State, it's LSU, prime time, superdome. Let's go. And that's exactly what Mike Norvell said on Monday. Coach is fired up. I know this the rest of the fan base is. What, what, what are y'all's kind of thoughts heading into this game alone? You, me, VZ, we're going we're gonna to be up there in that press box together. I'm excited. It'll be our first time, all three of us, covering a football game together. We're going to have VZ writing some football. We'll see how good he does there with his inside. I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. He does a good wow. job on the basketball <clears throat> scene. We'll see. But, <laughs> well, but 
but, but first initial thoughts. I mean, we, we got to see the Duquesne game. We recapped it. What were, what were your thoughts, VZ? Because you weren't able to join us that mm-hmm. day for the recap. What, what were your thoughts coming out of the game? Um, I'll keep it brief because, I mean, it's Duquesne. Yeah. You know, Florida State really only ran like eight offensive plays. Um, and defense was super vanilla. Um, I, I, I know some people were upset that there wasn't more pass rush. You know, Duquesne was real quick hit passes. You know, three-step, bam. Three-step, bam. You know, it's hard to get a pass rush when they're not really dropping back. And and the times they did, you saw Florida State get pressure. We saw Jared Verse get that late third-quarter sack like I predicted. I, I want that on record. Um, <laughs> you need to clip it. <laughs> I, sh- I should have. Um, but re- there was two plays that I loved. The first was I talked about on Twitter that deep ball to, to Poitier. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jordan Travis gets a ground ball to him, picks it up, and throws a perfect pass in the face of pressure. Um, getting hit as he released it, dropped it right in the bucket. Could not have been a better pass. I thought that was great for him to keep his composure, not immediately pick the ball up and scramble. And then my second favorite play came n- not long after that, but on the other side of the ball. It may have gone, you know, super unnoticed, but Duquesne flexed their running back or someone out wide to the left. You saw Jamie Robinson make the adjustment on the back end, and Kevin Knowles comes up and makes a great, great tackle for a two-yard loss. Those little things I love seeing and, you know, ho- hopefully those those communications issues that we saw last year on the back end are fixed up a little bit. You're going to need it in this game coming up w- with a really talented receiver group. Um, but those are the two things I really loved, and we'll see how Mike Norvell opens the playbook up. You know, we- we've heard him talk about it this offseason, especially with Jordan Travis. We really just need to see how they open the playbook up against a talented LSU team that didn't really perform that well last year. Dustin, any 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 last thoughts on Duquesne? I know it's been a few days, but nothing really. Nothing Talk about really. It. We talked about it for an hour. No. Any, any last things? Y'all really? No real new thoughts. <laughs> not for an hour. I, I did not do an FSU's hour. FSU's forty-seven to seven win against Duquesne. Uh, for me, I mean, the big takeaway for me, you know, we talk about all the positives. Florida State blew out Duquesne. They held them to under two hundred yards. I think they the longest play of the night, only twenty-two yards, four hundred six rushing yards. Hit a couple deep shots. But like when Zach was on here, the biggest concern for me was the offensive line. And, yes, they did have some plays where they got some great push, but there was too many times where Duquesne was was beating the offensive line across their face, getting into the backfield, and touching these running backs two and three yards in the backfield. That That's a concern to me because when you go up against a good defense in LSU who has a pretty darn good front four and some good guys behind them as well, not great linebackers, decent linebackers probably at best, but still, you don't want your running backs getting hit that early off the snap. Mm-mm. No, and Florida State's lucky that they've got talented backs out there that can get through those tackles and make moves in order to get down the field. I mean, I uh, the player that really stood out, you know, Trey Benson, and he's going to be a big-time factor this upcoming weekend because LSU is going to tackle better. And coming from listening to and, and looking at some of the reports and listening to the podcasts over there in Baton Rouge, tackling has looked pretty good over there. And so – Hey, Trey Benson did a really good job this last Saturday night and he's going to have to do this again. And then, but you, you got to have a good offensive line to start off. I mean, you can't understand that they're going to do a lot of, a lot of moving. You're going to go East West quite a bit to kind of shake up that defensive line and, and not trust and solely focus on your interior offensive line. And, you know, wonder what the center position is going to be, but Trey Benson's going to have to be an elusive player and, and get off those tackles and get North. 
Um, you know, Rashawn Ward's a different kind of running back, and so so is Lawrence to a Philly. But if you're if you're going to physical presence here, I, I think Benson might be your back because it's going to be whoever's on the hot hand that night, and you're not going to see three running backs go for a hundred again. Might not see that again for the rest of the season. Well, someone's got to be hot see it again ever. Yeah, so, it was someone, the first time it happened in program history. So. So, yeah, no shit. Uh, but going into this game, you're going to need Trey Benson. I, I think a lot in this game. If I'm going out, uh, if I'm picking a running back to kind of have a scheme going against this defense, I, I think right now it's Benson for me. I don't hate it because he's got some bursts. We saw it on that 43 yard touchdown run where he exploded down the sideline, and he's got some power. He's probably got the the thickest lower body out of any of those running backs. Obviously, the biggest at around 215 pounds. So when you're running against a defense like LSU, has plenty of size on the defensive line, some decent guys out there in the secondary who can come up and, and play in the running game, you want a running back who's going to be able to bounce off a couple tackles. And, and we saw him do it against Duquesne. He's not going to be able to do it as often against LSU, but if he can make a couple plays where he can make a guy miss – and extend that into a first down or a big spurt play in the running game. That's going to go a long way in helping FSU's offense move the chains. And it's also, too, when it goes down with with the running backs and who's ever having success there, it's going to come out on the outside, too, with blocking. Uh, and we saw Johnny Wilson put a pancake on one of the poor Duquesne defenders on Saturday night. But it's also going to come down to down, downfield blocking, tight ends. I thought on Saturday night they looked smooth. But it's going to have to be a factor of guys continuously blocking down the field, which looking at the tape, they did that on Saturday night. It's just going to be a a different animal. You know, it's hard to really project how that's going to be when you're facing friggin Duquesne. It's it's LSU, you know, no matter what coming out of high school, these are these are high caliber talents, just like Florida State has on their team. But it just depends if you're ready for and you got to hope to you know, iron sharpens iron or iron sharpens something else because if Florida State's offensive line is going to have a tough time, you know, you know, that LSU defense and the the trenches there is going to cause big time problems for the running backs and that run game. And Jordan Travis as a whole, man, Jordan Travis is going to have to play. We'll start talking to some players here. Jordan Travis is going to have to be, it's going to be one of his best games, if not his best. Um, and luckily, you've got a running game that has had success. But like I said, it, you don't really know what you're going to taste until you go through a few drives and say, OK, this is working. This ain't. But either way, JT's got to make things and go down the field and score. And they did that Saturday, but <laughs> it's not going to be as easy Sunday. I think that's the key for both offenses, because when you look at LSU or, or when you look at Florida State, they're both going up uh, against an extremely talented defensive line. Now, I think Florida State maybe they've got more question marks as far as the guys on the edge who are stepping up into expanded roles. And are we going to see that pass rush be able to get after it more on Sunday night rather than they did against Duquesne? And like you pointed out, Austin, Florida State, very vanilla. They stayed in base a lot. They didn't really blitz. They didn't make it a, a conceded effort to put pressure on Duquesne um, in that game. They didn't. I don't think they wanted to give much away for LSU. So we're going to see a lot more um, blitzes and other different ways to put pressure on whoever LSU has back there at quarterback on Sunday night. And on the flip side, I mean, Florida State's offensive line, they did great against Duquesne, and now they're going to have to – we're going to see if they can hold up against one of the best – probably one of the best defensive lines in college football. 
Um, a lot of it's going to come down to, I think, the play at center for Florida State. Alex Atkins mentioned that they were hoping Marie Smith would be back at practice this week. They didn't mention Darius Washington on Monday during the course of the press conference, so that kind of makes me assume that he's going to be playing in this game. And then we saw Dylan Gibbons start at left guard, come in at center, get some get some good reps. Maybe, you know, he had a bad snap or two during the course of the game, but really a solid game overall. And if you need to put it, put someone in at center behind those first two guys that mentioned, it seems like Gibbons can go on there, go in there and do his job. So whichever offensive line holds up the longest, I think is the team that ends up winning on Sunday night. I know a lot of people are talking about LSU having a true freshman left tackle with Campbell. Brian Kelly just went through this last year. We talked about it all leading up to the Notre Dame game, how they had a true freshman left tackle going into that game. If anyone knows how to scheme around it, it's Brian Kelly. And he's not going to throw a true freshman out there that doesn't know what he's doing. Um, is he going to have some issues? Yeah, maybe. Um, Florida State had four sacks in the game last year. Um, second half coming with Jermaine Johnson. It's sure, it's certainly gonna happen, but if anyone knows how to do it, it's gonna be Brian Kelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's he, he, he Brian's smart. As much as I know FSU fans are not a fan of Brian Kelly, he's a smart coach, and so yeah. you know if, if 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 you're looking at Campbell and he makes mistakes, you better you better take advantage of it. Uh, you're looking straight at verse whoever's over there, McLendon Briggs, you better take full advantage of it uh, because, you know, you're not going to get a whole ton of them. That's a talented tackle coming in as a true freshman. So there's not going to be a whole ton of slip-ups. You just got to hope that Odell Hagens, Coach Papp, and, you know, Adam Fuller as a whole have set up a nice game plan to maybe take advantage of that. But it's going to be Brian Kelly against those defensive coaches on that front. Um, that's it's going to be huge. Just because Brian Kelly's a dirtbag doesn't mean he's not a good football coach. <laughs> that is true. There is a lot of dirtbag coaches out there, but they're good at what they do. So that's the that's the tough part about it. It is. Now, oh, I think you're muted. I was saying that's in every single profession of life. Yeah, there's always a dirtbag that's really good at what they do. <laughs> that is true. Um, I'm. I, I I seriously think who who do you put? Who's uh, corner one against Butte or Booty now? My bad. Who, who's corner one? Amari Cooper didn't play last week. Got to see a lot of Jerry and Jones. You saw Azare get out there. I forgot. I forgot about Jerry. You got to see Greedy. Greedy was there too. I, I, I think for right now, to me, it's green. I, I kind of think I'd be surprised to see just one corner on him. I think you're going to see a lot of rotation against Booty. Just give him a lot of different looks, you know, a lot of bracket coverages, a lot of safety help. He's going to, he's not going to see just one corner all game. There's going to be so many different looks that he's going to get just to try and make things as difficult as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to answer the question. Smart man. That's exactly what I was going to say, Austin. Mm-hmm. Different looks all night. Five, six, five, six different cornerbacks are going to get a look on Booty. Yeah. yeah. And, and, unless that first drive, you know, Renardo Green's just absolutely dogging him. Then you say that you know let's, let's keep going with this as as long as it's working. But let's be realistic. Booty's likely a top ten pick next year. You know he's as mm-hmm. good of as a wide receiver as there is in college football. You yeah, know, he, he's going to be seeing different looks all night long. Yeah. What what else is intriguing to you guys matchup wise that we really think Florida State has maybe has an advantage of against LSU? Let's switch the tables here. What what does FSU have an advantage of that? Listening to Zach, though, it seems like there is some question marks in and the LSU secondary. Yeah, 
Uh, that, that came pretty clear. I was also listening to a show earlier today, and there was some question marks just over communication back there and some things opening up. You got to think a guy that has highlighted us in the fall camp with Deuce Span, if Norvell and that offense can line something up where you have an explosion play to go through that secondary, that, that could be an option. Yeah, the biggest mismatch on the entire field, I think, is Florida State's running backs against LSU's linebackers. But what's going to, if Florida State's going to win this game, what's going to win it is how the wide receivers perform against a, def- a defensive backfield that, like Zach mentioned, you've got five transfers in there that haven't played together yet in a college game, but they do have experience from their previous stops, but they haven't played with one another yet. So you don't know how they're going to gel out there in, in an actual college game. Um, whereas, you know, Florida State, they did get some game reps. We got to see Jordan Travis hit a couple deep balls to Kentron Poitier and Johnny Wilson. The, the health of Johnny Wilson is going to be paramount for this one. We'll see if he's able to get out there and give it a go on Sunday night. And I would say the same thing for Ontario Wilson. We didn't spot him um, against Duquesne. And you mentioned earlier in the show that he had a really standout performance for Florida State during the preseason alongside Malik McLean. So he's another guy that could be a weapon, played a lot of college football, led Florida State in receiving the last two years, and has just been consistent um, during Florida State's preseason practices when he's been out there. So we'll see if he's able to suit up. Those receivers against LSU's defensive backs could very well decide the game. And on the flip side for LSU, same thing. Florida State, they've got more experience in the secondary, but I feel like people are undervaluing LSU's receivers behind booty when you've got five guys who played pivotal i cannot say that word on the podcast pivotal <laughs> i cannot say it on the podcast you've got five guys who played roles last year um five who had more than 350 receiving yards all back in the lineup um alongside booty so both passing attacks could break out in this game we'll see what happens i think the thing i'm looking at the most is you know when we think of brian kelly you think of tight ends and we talked about it with, with Michael Mayer and even going back to, you know, Kyle Rudolph. They've always had good tight ends and fans are always going to think, oh, Brian Kelly is going to use those tight ends. LSU doesn't really seem to have those, you know, as as Nick mentioned or Zach mentioned. It's a lot of inex- – I'm sorry, I'm tired. It's been a long week. Um, it's a lot of inexperience, and I don't really think we're going to see them that much in this game. They're really going to try and use these receivers to to open the game up. To, to me, I think Florida State is going to make them use their tight ends, which you don't normally expect Florida State to do. Yeah, no, I mean, it seems I think you got to see uh, a little bit of Cam McDonald on Saturday night against Duquesne. You know, limited reps there, I think, kind of getting him, you know, getting him into the rotation. He's expected to be a starter. But you also have Marquison, who has came up, has been a nice blocking tight end so far for FSU. Got to see a lot more against a better, valuable opponent. Yeah, but Marquison showing up and catching some passes, and then you, you can add in, add in Cam McDonald, and you got you got to hope that Florida State can start utilizing these tight ends a little bit more. And everybody knows about the run game there and what Jordan Travis can do, legs and potentially throwing. But if those tight ends can come out and kind of shock us a little bit and be one of those big-time factors of Florida State getting down the field and getting a series will be huge. You just can't have all these three and outs. you got to keep a consistent play there. And luckily, with Jordan Travis, statistically, looking back at games throughout his career, 
he's the best quarterback to have down there if you want to have scoring drives. Um, and Florida State has been very successful, one of the most successful, consistent teams in the country at getting down the field and scoring right now. And that's a pretty impressive stat that we don't talk about a ton, but they've done a good job there, and um, it's worth noting. Yeah, I just hope the tight ends uh, get a catch on Sunday night. They were not able to do that on during the season opener against Duquesne. Mm-hmm. But uh, I will say Marquisenan, he's made some impressive plays during practice, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if at one point Florida State hits a big passing play to a tight end, and it's not Cam McDonald, but it's Marquisenan Douglas. Marquisenan comes up. I just – I don't know. It's all, I know, I, exactly. I'm if I'm I'm on that you, if I were you, I'm just, v, yeah. I'm just saying in general, like – yeah. At this point, is just Jordan Travis is not looking for him. You know, it's been two. It's been three years since Norvell got oh. on campus. I think the tight ends have twenty total catches. Like, it just doesn't seem like Travis is looking for him. That's just me. We haven't talked a lot about Micah Pittman really at all tonight, but Pittman you know, going, was blocking. That he, dude he was, came into a be a bully, that huh? Dude was busting, trying to trying to <laughs> trying to block. I mean, we really talked about him enough until, you know, pun return also. Um, you know, Florida State, for, probably Florida State's strongest special teams right now, looking at it, is damn Ryan Fitzgerald kickoff. I mean, the kickoff coverage was damn on point on um, Saturday night. You know, the Florida State special team is going to have to come in and play a factor. You look at, though, the return game, though, you know, Sam McCall being a true freshman, that's what you get, man. Sometimes just not understanding – uh, some things there, and there's maybe some miscommunication on the sideline. Yeah, there's just some things that didn't look so good in the returning game that Florida State needs to fix. That's something that struggled with last year. But um, luckily, there's no win for our guy Fitzgerald. Should be straight on point. You know, no wind. He's had a pretty pretty good camp, too. So, you know, got to get the points where you need them. And with this one, I don't think it's going to be high scoring. Uh, any points you'll take. Um, but, you know, I, I think special teams is, is going to be a pretty decent factor here. I think so, too. And, uh, yeah, you've got Fitzgerald back for another year. You've got Mastromano back for another year, whereas LSU, I know that the punter they're bringing in is experienced. He, he played over there at Notre Dame for Brian Kelly for a couple years. But as far as kicker, I, kn- I know he said that – I forget who – he expects to be the starter, but no, he said the kicker has performed well in practice and hit a 54 yard field goal. But you look at the guys competing for that job. None of them have ever kicked in a college game. And that could be a factor on Sunday night in a game that is sold out. It's going to be really loud. It's a neutral, it's a neutral environment. You're not playing the first game of your college career at home. So there will definitely be some pressure on those shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Nobody with, with college experience back there. That's gonna that's gonna be a a risky one there for the Tigers on Sunday night. I think you know special teams might be the factor. I mean, whenever you have low scoring games, it's usually down to a few kicks here and there on what makes a decision of a winner. So uh, I think, like you said, this is a sold out game from both sides. You know, Florida State grabbed their allotment pretty quickly before I think even LSU did. But man, this is going to be a very loud environment i think we'll be in a glass cage up there kind of how fsu's press box is so we're not going to get a true taste of it but um during pregame warm-ups i think we'll get a good glimpse of what 
both fan bases will be bringing to the table. You know, Jameis also being there in attendance will be fun, uh, you know, on the sideline, which, uh, you know. Is that confirmed? That it, I can confirm that, yes. I do. I can confirm that, yes, Jameis. Jameis Winston will be on the sidelines for this game this upcoming weekend. So maybe you get the Jameis luck there. It worked before, and I this isn't a season opener, no, but it worked over there in Ole Miss game uh, down there in Orlando. Another, another neutral side game. Yep, yep, it worked before. Maybe Jameis Winston's the factor here. I don't think he's doing a pregame speech. That's not on the game plan for him, but I know that he will be uh, on the sidelines on Saturday night, so Good, ready for a lot of camera shots of Jameis there, who, as everybody is looking forward to a big season from him with the New Orleans Saints. So, don't have to drive too far. A lot, a lot of former Noles, I think, will be in attendance here, along with a lot of former uh, LSU players, because this is a their last, I wouldn't say really bye week, but everybody gets the week off before the season NFL season kicks off. So, I'm expecting, you know, as you can see, little Joe Burrow and, and Jameis Winston. Now, that would be. A great picture. That would I mean, be a phenomenal picture. There's a lot of LSU picture. guys on, on New Orleans because they signed Tyron Matthew. They signed Jarvis Landry. You know? Yeah. They, they got some guys. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's quite a few few New Orleans Saints in attendance for this. Yeah. And Odell's not even signed yet, so he could probably – he could might be might be there. Yeah. Yeah. Go sneak sneak over there and the Superdome. <laughs> are, are you betting this weekend, d I'm thinking about it. I'm building a lot of parlays. I got a lot gonna, of parlays. Going to see how I'm feeling on Friday night whenever we get there. I think you're going to be better. Maybe drive over. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty certain by the time I land Friday night, you will already be in a casino. <laughs> well, we got to come pick you up. So. I, I'm assuming it's just going to be Logan. And Dustin, Dustin will be at a casino. <laughs> we'll see. Might drive him <laughs> off. We'll I don't, don't want to commit. but. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let's get to it. Uh, you know, we, we had a great insight there uh, earlier from Zach and getting to know LSU from inside out. Gave his prediction. He's got LSU Tigers winning it. I've had my score in my head for a while now. Um, I feel I feel pretty good about it. And I wish and I, I'm pissed. You know, we got to do the show tonight. The practice is tomorrow morning. There, there's one big question mark that I want to see answered, and that will hopefully be done on tomorrow morning but i'm risking it and guessing right now of, of you know some limitations uh you know i feel pretty good i kind of already know where dustin's going with this one though this is going to be a sold out game prime time 7 30 kickoff new orleans time abc fsu lsu two big time national brands on the college football scene there's nothing better baby i'm, I'm excited I, i'm like i'm sweating over here i'm just like get me in the friggin' stadium i always hate the always the, the hype up all this kind of stuff i'm like let, i just need to get there man and it's two big time programs that need a win that need mm-hmm. to shake things off after last year you know lsu was subpar last year let's just leave it how it is um just a lot of dysfunction you know coach gets fired mid-season Guys are hurt. Guys are transferring out. It's an entirely new roster. It, they need to win arguably just as much as Florida State does. Like for recruiting too, right, D. Lou? Any uh, any insight? We got, I know we got Hakeem Williams, five-star wide receiver, going to be there. I know he's making his commitment known very soon in September. But 
uh, you know, what, what, what we got recruiting wise that could play a factor here. Well, I mean, what do you think? A win like this, it shows that Mike Norvell is pushing this team in the right direction. And that's what a lot of players, which, you know, for say they've got most of their guys in the 2023 class outside of a handful. But when you look at 2024, 2025 and onward, you know, there's a lot of talent that's looking at Florida State and just kind of waiting. You know, they're waiting to see if Mike Norvell is going to be able to push this team forward and a win in this game against LSU and against Brian Kelly. Uh, I think would begin to do just that. You know, obviously you got to carry it forward after this one, but this is a stepping stone and it would be huge for Florida State. Obviously, Hakeem Williams, one of uh, many recruits who will be in attendance for the game. And Hakeem planning to make an announcement here towards the end of September. If Florida State wins this one, they could be the favorite to win out on that announcement. Mm. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Score predictions, not as easy as they were against Florida State and Duquesne. We all went 1-0 to start off the season. This is where things can start shaking up a little bit. These next two two games with Florida State facing LSU, and then they will next face Louisville after their bye week. This is where it starts shaking up. This is where things get really fun, gentlemen. I started last week. D'Lo, you go first this time. <laughs> and I'll go against – I'll do Louisville. We'll do it in a rotation throughout the season. Third year of the Mike Norvell era. Haven't made a bowl game yet under Coach Norvell. And this is the kind of game that can spring springboard your program forward, not only to a bowl game, but maybe even to heights beyond that if Florida State wins this game and carries that momentum forward. This is the best team that he's had at Florida State so far, the deepest team. Got a third-year starter and Jordan Travis – Man, the rushing attack looked great last weekend, and there's some real pieces on that defense. And, I mean, there's some question marks with LSU. There's plenty of star star power with that defensive line, Booty, and some of those other receivers. But the running game, the offensive line, they've got plenty of question marks. Has the quarterback – they're trotting out a new starter. Has the quarterback got enough time to gel with those wide receivers? Will the five transfers in the secondary be able to piece their way in? It's going to be a real interesting game. And no matter the outcome, I think it's going to be extremely close um, in New Orleans. I've got this one 31-28 playing out in the favor of LSU. Oh, 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 oh my. Woo, man. Woo, man. That would be uh, – it, it would be a close game. Are we going fourth quarter here? Is it like a last second? What do we, what do we got? It's definitely fourth quarter type situation here, right? Fourth quarter touchdown. I'm not going to say field goal. Mm, damn, that would hurt. That would definitely hurt. Goodness gracious. I'll 20, go. 24 LSU scores 31-28. 31-28 LSU. Let me write that down. That's what D-Lou's got. 31. Or you could just wait for the staff predictions on. Uh... That is true. I guess that would be written onto a piece that we yeah. publish every week. Good to know. Good to know. Hey, it's week two or week one. Week one. I don't, you know, at this point, I don't even know what kind of season this is, but hopefully a good one for Florida State. Uh, you know, I'm super excited for this. We've been we've been looking forward to this one for years. I mean, ever since this was announced. I mean, it, it, I, I wish this was home and home. I don't yeah, really I, feel I like hate camping world. Games. I don't like camping world stadium, to be honest, down there in Orlando. Superdome is a lot more sexier. For the LSU fans, I think after they also won a national championship there not too long ago. But like D. Lou said, you're trotting out uh, your first 
year quarterback in the system there at LSU with Jaden Daniels, the expected starter on Sunday night. You got a whole new coaching staff. Wasn't too much of an impressive season last year for LSU. That's understandable. You're moving on from a coach. Yeah, six and seven, yada, yada, yada. Um, I, I think for Brian Kelly and LSU, and they've done this for with Notre Dame too, it kind of takes them a while to click, and then they really start pushing into being uh, you know, a national threat in college football, and then it takes a while throughout their seasons. And it, it just puts in a good point here for Florida State already having a game in. So big for them. I mean, looking back at film, you hope that some of those – things were corrected you also had we didn't mention but Jason Turrentine coming in and playing pretty well could be coming in this upcoming Sunday night you know there's gonna be some things that they looked at film that says okay this fits well this doesn't I think that's just such a big thing for Florida State and then one last thing Jared verse you came into spring talking you came definitely into fall camp talking this is it buddy I mean you're facing a true freshman tackle on Sunday night, you, you all, all this chatter, all the hype. He's heard the Jermaine Johnson stuff. He's told us that here on our interview that we had with him. He's heard it all. Now, now it's time on a national stage. If you want the scouts coming to practice next Wednesday, then this, this is how you do it. So um, I, I think this game just points more in Florida state's favor than anything. I think the biggest thing, if you know, they're over there in New Orleans. You know, LSU doesn't have to travel far. Uh, that's one of the biggest things that LSU has. Yes, there's wide receivers, of course, but it's it's going to be fun. I got Florida State and LSU. Um, Minerval gets a win in New Orleans. That's going to be Florida State 31, LSU 24. And we're going to be leaving, going to Bourbon Street about an hour after press conferences getting shammered, except for Austin. He's going to have to carry me back to the hotel, but uh, we're, we're going to have a good time in new Orleans with Florida state fans, I believe. Uh, like I said earlier, you have to walk yourself back. Um, <laughs> I don't sleep well. I'm playing. So, you know, I got to get a good rest of sleep. Um, you know, you'll still have a good time. You would still have a, you would stay out a little bit longer. You'd come with me. It, it, it depends what time we leave the stadium. If we're not leaving the stadium it's like twelve thirty. Sorry, I'm going to bed. Um, <laughs> Press box closes at one. I was about to say we're oh. going to be out there late either way, bud. Yeah, y'all have fun. Um, Are you taking the Uber back? <laughs> a walk. It's a mile walk. I can do that. I don't know if a one a.m. walk. That's yeah. It is Orleans. Orleans. Never yeah, mind. I don't. Yeah, we're know. probably we're probably gonna have to drive Austin back because his mom. True. Yeah. Well, we, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to game plan land. Anyways, let's get to VZ's thing here. Um, I feel optimistic. Uh, I will say that you know, there's a lot. Like Logan said, there's a lot of things pointing more in Florida State's favor. You know, you got to experience a quarterback who wants to make up for a really bad game against Brian Kelly last year. You know, he was just nine of nineteen, had three picks. You know, Mackenzie Milton comes in, kind of outshines him. I. I Definitely think he has on the back of his mind saying, I got to make up for that. Got a really good rushing attack. The receivers are much better than last year. You have some chances to attack LSU secondary if that passing game is improved. I'm not as – LSU's defensive line is really good. I don't think they're as good as people are saying. That's just me. But, you going to come with me, BZ? Are you coming to Baton Rouge? Are you coming to New well, Orleans with me? I, I told myself, no matter what happened to the Duquesne game, I'm not <laughs> changing 
what I'm he- thinking heading into this game. As 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 optimistic as I am, and I still need I still need Florida State to prove it to me. Show me you can win these games. Show me. I, I don't want to be one of these optimistic fans that's just blindly following them, saying they're ten and two no matter what. Show me. Show me you're improved. Once if you beat LSU, I'm on. We're, let's go. Let's we're good. And we keep forgetting I'm going to be in attendance. <laughs> yeah, uh, friggin' a. We talked about this. I'm over for my last nine. But this is the tenth. This would. This is going to be the tenth game. This is. Listen, where it I hope so. This I is hope where so. It breaks the damn breaks right here. Where, where I hope so. Flooding. But at some at some point, I have to face reality. You know, I picked us. I picked us to win when I went to the game at Clemson. You know, I was I was feeling super optimistic. We had our chances there. And it fell apart in the end. You know, I, I felt optimistic at the Clemson basketball game. I felt optimistic at the South Carolina neutral side basketball game. I felt optimistic at the Notre Dame game last year. Mm. Damn my feelings. I'm picking LSU 27 24. 27 24. I, I, I think I, it, to, me it'd be, it, to me, it'd be a super surprise if this Damn. is a blowout. It's so, just in, e- in either direction. You know, I think these teams have a lot of the same, <laughs> a lot of the same <laughs> strengths and weaknesses. I just, mm. until FSU shows me something, I'm going to pick against them. Yeah. I mean, that, but I feel like if we were to do a table chart, a lot of the factors go in FSU's favor in this. I, get, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's Except a, that's a crazy thing. Things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that hurts that that now makes me rethink my prediction I'm no, sorry i'm, I'm, I'm say, sorry I, for the how many of your fans fit in that that stadium uh i think it's like sixty five thousand. Mm-hmm. um i'm sorry i apologize apologize in advance yeah yeah main things for me is florida state's inability to provide consistent <laughs> happiness and austin's current record <laughs> De- death taxes and my record in Florida State games. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, Which I is overall very good. Just you know, recently, it's not been has not been so well. Well, I'm riding solo dolo going in this one to New Orleans, which I'm definitely uh, I'm fine with. I'm a little I'm a nervous for it. I think every FSU fan will be going into the Superdome, but you know, I think everybody's going to be freaking excited, and I, I know oh, I yeah. am. I know we all are. We have put in quite a bit of work trying to get you guys a ton of content, getting prepped for this upcoming weekend because it does feel like a true season opener now. Florida State starting out the season 1-0, and though they go 2-0, and and the things and the wind just starts changing here in Tallahassee and to some good juju, and Mike Norvell has this team rolling. You got to think recruiting-wise. Ooh, did they bring out the all-whites? Hold up, hold up. What do we got uniform-wise? First road game of the someone, season? Someone tweeted that, I think it's like LSU's last seven neutral side games, they have worn white white on yellow. Or whatever mm. you call their yellow. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm yeah. assuming they're going to stick gold with tradition and Florida State will be guarding gold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I think guarding gold would be a good idea. I think so. You don't have to go. You don't have to go all white for this one. Although it would be sexy, though. Definitely, if you come away with a win, tell me about recruiting. Holy smokes! But yeah, no rain delay either. Worth mentioning from Bo Walker. Don't have to worry about that. So we'll start right on time. Still going to be late, but we're going to start right on time. But yeah, I'm excited. Uh, definitely enjoyed everybody coming on here tonight. We had well over a couple hundred people in here 
hanging out with us. Uh, shout out to Zach Nagy from Sports Illustrated's LSU Country earlier on the show, giving us some phenomenal insight to Brian Kelly and his Tigers. We'll see this upcoming weekend. Florida State faces the LSU Tigers. Primetime, 7.30 kickoff, ABC ESPN. We'll be there in full attendance you guys, to give you guys full coverage from warm-ups to everything imaginable all the way till 1 a.m. So appreciate everybody. Y'all have a great weekend. Hopefully meet a lot of you guys out there on Bourbon Street. Looking forward to come say what's up to us. Don't be shy. And we will see you guys in New Orleans. Peace. Yeah.